What is going on? We are back for episode 50. It's hard to believe of the Media Captain podcast, Jason Parks. And Stephanie Parks, the big 5-0. We finally have made it. And we have not been consistent weekly, but we've been consistent in that we've put out podcast episodes for the past three years now. So we are on number 50. And a big thank you to all of our loyal listeners who have joined, uh, whether it was from the very beginning when we did a deep dive into SEO or throughout the entire journey. So we're here. We're ready to go. Um, we have a great topic for episode 50. So Jason, what's the topic? Well, before we go into that, I know you have like a strict 20 minute deadline, but we're going to go a little above that. Um, so one thing that I think is neat that I was thinking about with our podcast is that I think it's going to be cool, like in 10, 15 years, you know, eventually when we have kids, like for them, not us together, obviously, but uh, <laughs> brother and sister, yeah. don't forget. <laughs> so I just, I good, just, good point. I just had to clarify that. But I think just like when we each separately have kids. Yes. I think listening back is going to be cool to see like where we were at in business and in different stages. Um, so, so we'll dedicate, we'll dedicate this episode to our future kids when you're listening in like 20 years from now. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So episode, wow, that was weird. episode 50 is turning ideas into reality uh, in business. So we've talked a lot about the media captain. We've talked a lot about Derm Warehouse and, uh, you know, the private label brand um, and Park Perfection that we developed. And we're going to talk about how these ideas turn into a reality, how we really started these businesses and when with a business, you know, possibly to call it quits and what to look for um, when starting a business. So we've, we've kind of mapped out five different steps that we have gone through in starting different businesses and, and how you get from the beginning to, to where we're at now. So we'll walk through the steps, we'll talk about examples, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. And I think one thing to note is that, um, you know, I deal with a lot of different businesses. Like I've worked with, taken phone calls with thousands of businesses on the agency side of things at the media captain. And one thing is that there's a lot of really smart people, but when they have a bad product, regardless of how much effort they put into it, they're swimming upstream. And um, it's just very, it's almost a formula. The better product, the better service that you have, um, likely the more money that that you're going to make and the higher chance of success. So I think it resonates with me a lot because a lot of times I'll take a phone call and I'm like, "Uh, you're selling a t-shirt like and there's nothing wrong with selling a t-shirt but there's a lot of competition in that and I know how hard it is because we've had some clients that have succeeded but others that have failed so I think just when you take an idea one thing is that you don't want to don't just ask your family and your friends your family and your friends are just going to tell you that it's a good idea like you got to try taking it to market you got to try selling it somewhere and that's the beauty with e-commerce um, is that you can test a lot of this out without you know, potentially spending a lot of money. And, and just because you have one idea and maybe it doesn't pan out, um, listen to what people are saying about it. And it doesn't mean you have to walk away fully, but you can make changes throughout your process. You know, something, the business is not always going to turn out how you thought it was at the beginning. So be open to making changes and be open to just taking whatever criticism you get and, and, using that to make your business better all right so the 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 five things that we're going to cover and turn ideas into reality is the the formation of an idea how an idea comes to life Um, that's number one number two is the execution obviously when you have an idea you have to execute on it Um, so there's actually a a service or a product being sold Um, you have to have expectations in terms of the time frame how long is it going to take 
not only how long is it going to take to to get the business going, but how long is it going to take to, you know, start making money, start making a profit, um, be able to hire your first employees and things like that. For sure. You need to have a budget. Um, how much are you budgeting towards the project? Uh, and, um, you know, just knowing like an upfront investment. And then uh, of, number five is just success. Like what is success to you? And I think for Durham Warehouse, like when you hear the mindset of, of how we went about Durham Warehouse, you're just going to see how like long term our, our vision was on that. Yeah. All right, so we will start with the media captain, um, and uh, the idea for the media captain was formed in, in, in 2010. Um, social media was taking off, and uh, my background was social media video, and I figured I could just start pitching this to businesses. Um, so wasn't much in terms of the idea formation. I knew I had the skill set. That's obviously important. I didn't have to hire anyone, and there wasn't any extra salary required like at the time. Um, and, and those kind of things that you can start just right away where you have an idea and, and it's you know something that you're good at doing and you can execute it without having to spend a lot of time or take a ton of steps to set it up like that's I mean that's great that means you can start making money a lot faster yeah I mean I just thought of like different businesses that I had connections with that my parents you know and family and friends had connections with and I was pitching it to everybody and anybody and a lot of people don't like sales and they feel like they're being pushy and like if you want to succeed at business, especially a service-based business at the beginning, I mean, you have to have salesmanship. And so I had the idea. I started, you know, I built a website and um, got business cards. And at that point, um, and, and at the time I did like four or five projects for free. So I had a portfolio of projects and this was back in 2010. And then I took that idea and I started executing on it. Um, so the execution at that point was, I mean, I was a one man show. So I was doing everything. I was doing the sales. I was doing, you know, the implementation of the social media. Stephanie joined the team um, and we were executing on all of the components associated with at the time of just social media and, and video production. Uh, you know, what ends up happening once you start getting clients, once you start getting customers is like things within the business change. Um, so we got we started getting a lot of development requests and those were things that I could not do. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that will go more into, um, on the hiring side of things, but it's just interesting because then you realize like, Hey, in order to grow, I need to expand the business. There's an opportunity to upsell. So even though you have that initial idea, once you start with the execution, you start learning a lot of different things. And, and keep in mind with the media captain, like a lot of the things that people were asking for and a lot of the things that we started doing we we didn't really know how to do them up front and and you know we did a lot of research we found people who knew how to do them to help us so just because something's not in your wheelhouse at the time where you're thinking about it doesn't mean that you have to write it off yeah and i think you know back in 2010 like just the knowledge uh that's there today from a digital marketing standpoint wasn't wasn't there um so you know then we've made hires and We've, you know, made fires and made, I don't know if made fires, we, you know, we've just had to make a lot of decisions as, as the business has, has put out fires, I would hope, put, yeah, not put, made fires. Every episode I have like one saying that just makes like absolutely no sense. And one I, faux pas per episode. But I always know when it is yeah. and I look at you and you confirm that it's a faux pas. Um, so then there's the expected time frame, you know, for the media captain, like in my head when I was coming up with the idea and how I was going to execute on it, I was just like visually thinking, I was like, you know what, in 
literally in, in two months, I could, I could have five clients and I could be making X amount of money. And since there wasn't a lot of overhead, like I understood that there were, that there was high potential for like, you know, solid profit margins and things along those lines, especially when it was just me. So it wasn't a long-term vision in terms of like when I expected to start making money, whereas Durham Warehouse was get, very different. W- w- was very different. So, so we'll get into that. Um, you know, on the budget side of, of the media captain, the beauty at the beginning was that like I was serving, like I said, I didn't have a staff. I was serving as well. And when Stephanie joined, like, you know, she was serving, uh, we were both like pretty much trying to get referrals and doing our own sales. So from like an advertising perspective, just from an overall, like we were on a shoestring budget, we were both working out of our apartment. Um, And I think a lot of people just try and be fancy to say that like, I have a business, I have this nice office and things like that. We still don't try to be fancy Mm -mm. years later. No, no. And I think that's a core foundation of, of what we do. Um, and then, uh, you know, what, what defines success? Obviously you need to make money, you need to pay your employees. But to me, for the media captain, success is like, I don't, I feel like, well, I I just always want to be improving. So it's hard to like define success. Um, success for me is that we continue to get like more and more referral business. That means that we're doing a good job for our clients. And there was a time where like I was doing so much of the work, um, that it was just, uh, I mean, it, it, I just had to bring on people of great skill set um, that could help grow the company. And really, that's where we're at now that I'm very proud of is that like we just continue to realize where there's deficiencies in our team and we continue to, to build on that. Um, so that kind of walks you through the five steps um, of, of the media captain. Uh, and I'll do a little bit of a deeper dive, but then going on to the e-commerce side of things, completely different mindset that we had for Durham Warehouse, whereas Media Captain, instant profit, we were thinking about Durham Warehouse, um, longer term vision. Well, the the first major difference with Durham Warehouse and the idea formation phase is we actually had the idea in like 2012. That's when we purchased our domain name. And at the time, we, we started trying to launch the site. The Media Captain didn't have the development capabilities that that they have now um and it just it didn't work out at the time so we had this idea but we kind of sat on it for a few years um and we didn't really get back into it until i I think it's important to say though like we had an idea we put up ten thousand dollars between our whole family put up ten thousand dollars we had a developer that burned us yeah and if things went well with that developer it would have been different but again we were relying on someone else we got burned and like that tabled it off and that's a big reason why a lot of businesses like you have an idea and you you start working with the wrong partner you hire the wrong agency like there's a lot of things that can put something on the back burner where it could be a great idea and it just yeah. doesn't pan out and, and in hindsight on one hand i wish we would have just you know tried some somebody else or kept going um but on the other hand i think just with the knowledge that jason and i both have now like several years later um i think it was worth putting it on hold oh, just we, because because we, we, we would have never gotten like we we had to get our hands dirty because it saves so much time well but i mean we, we would have figured it out and i think it, it still would have been a success but i think it just would have been a very different situation so i think in the end waiting the couple years just ended up being the best thing but at the same time like i wish we had started it five years earlier right. go back though to like how did the idea for Durham Warehouse come about? Like, I think it's important to know, like, when, the, like, that the light bulb went off. 
because it was Jason's idea, which is probably why. I don't think so. He, he wants me to mention it. Um, so our dad is a dermatologist, and I know we've, we've told this story a bunch of times before on the podcast, but it's such a great story, so we just have to keep telling it. Um, our dad's a dermatologist. He's been practicing in Columbus for over 30 years now. Um, Jason and I, after starting the media captain, we you know had some e-commerce clients. Jason started getting just like really into e-commerce, and we you know he he just put the two together. He thought it would be a great idea to sell skincare products. You know, people are obsessed with skincare. People come into our dad's office and like they really whatever whatever he recommends they take it to heart and they they want to buy what he's recommending so we thought that to have a dermatologist dermatologist on the team who could make those recommendations and work with us would it was just a great idea um so that's that's how the idea came about uh we didn't learn until further down the road when when we actually started to get more into it that having a dermatologist would have been required if we wanted to start a business like we did so that that worked out and, and i think that's huge so for the media captain and on the agency side when you have a unique selling proposition that is going to make it easier for you to sell and it's going to differentiate you so i always use the t-shirt example there's really not much of a barrier to entrance within that space but when there's a higher barrier of entrance typically there's less competition um, and you have more of like a skill set or, or, or a niche so not that you can't succeed with some, selling something like a t-shirt but we see it so much that that unique selling proposition makes a big difference. Yeah, and, and it definitely did for us. Um, and still to this day, the fact that we have a dermatologist on board, that makes a huge difference just in customers' trust of us and in brands wanting to work with us just all across the board. Um, so the execution, I mean, Jason and I talked about he was going to be running the media captain. I was going to be running Derm Warehouse. So that was kind of going to be my thing. Um, we hired, a, we, we had a developer who was working on the site, so we needed somebody else to help with the execution of that. That wasn't something that either of us could do. Um, I, at the beginning, was reaching out to all of the brands. Uh, so Jason was more like helping me formulate the strategy at that point, and then I was the one that was executing. And, and I guess, you know, same today. It's still, we work on the ideas together, but then I'm the one that's running the business on a day-to-day basis now with my staff. So expected time frame, something else that was very different between the media captain and Durham Warehouse. The media captain kind of could get going right away. But Durham Warehouse, it took us a year just to get everything set up with with the website and with the brands that we were going to work with. So a year of me working with these with, with the, these different brands, getting the products set up, having a developer add them to the site, working on the, the site functionality. Um, so that process, and, and I didn't really know that it was going to be a year when we started, but that's what it turned out to be. Um, and then that's, that's when we launched. Well, and, and also I think, and I don't know what this falls under, but I think for Media Captain, we knew that profit was going to happen, you know, sooner mm-hmm. rather than later. And for Durham Warehouse, like we'd both save money from Media Captain and like we had just more of a like our, for our, our conversations from the very beginning were that we know that we're going to succeed because we don't care about profit for the first three years. Like it was all about customer acquisition for the first three years. Obviously, and, we- and it's not about not caring about profit. It's just about having realistic expectations. And we knew that we could not expect to have a, a profitable business within that time frame. And, you know, obviously, we if we could have had profit at the beginning, we well, would have loved to, but um, that's, 
there's just so much money that goes into buying inventory and acquire, acquiring customers. And we knew that there would be a point where um, the repeat business that we would get was really what would make us profitable. And we thought, we estimated that that would take us about three years. But it's funny because like how many times have we had a conversation with our parents who are obviously involved with the business also, where they're like, when are we gonna, when are we gonna start being profitable? And me and Stephanie are like, we don't care about that right now. We want to invest any every penny that we get back into advertising for customer acquisition. So I think there are a lot of businesses that would need to take yeah. that profit, yeah. you know, and not yeah. be able to acquire as many customers. So much longer time frame with Durham Warehouse, um, and also pretty opposite of the media captain. The the budget for starting Durham Warehouse versus the media captain was, I mean, night and day. Um, it getting the website built aside you know that that's a big investment right off the bat but the amount of money that you have to spend in inventory first of all is is huge you know we have a hundred brands on our site now we had like 10 or 15 when we launched so it was um, a little bit smaller scale but huge amount of investment for inventory and huge amount of investment for acquiring customers just you know getting those google ads running um, that's how we were getting people to our site and so you know, it was it was a much, much higher budget expectation. And so another thing is like, we've talked about this in a podcast episode, it was probably a while ago, it was Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, back in 2018. So a couple of years ago from from this recording, and we were all excited because we were doing like all of these sales and then our credit card bill hit $85,000. And like for me instead, we were just like, whole. It was shit. terrifying. Like we were so scared. We were like, oh my gosh. So, I couldn't sleep for weeks. So we literally, literally. Ha- we did have to cut advertising for like three weeks. So we got the cash flow to do that. Yeah. But when you start talking of like an e-commerce business and the amount of funds and like, it, it's just a, it can be a crazy different level when you're trying to get over a million in revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that was scary. That was a scary time, but we got through it. Um, and we were lucky that we were able to just, you know, cut our advertising and rely on our repeat customers. We literally sent an email blast every day during that time that we cut our advertising. So our sales were still pretty decent, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got back on track. Uh, and then in terms of success, I mean, same with the media captain. Like every year I have goals that I want to hit. and. We beat them and I'm like, okay, well, now I can't wait for next year and to beat these goals. But for me, and especially right now, the real measure of success for Durham Warehouse is that business being to run, being able to run without me there. And I think for a business like that, it's just so important that the work can be done without people having to rely on the owner all the time. Um, it There's just a lot of moving pieces. And at this point, you know, I've spent... I've put a lot of work into that just with like the software that we use and the people that we've hired and we're, we're almost there. We're still not quite there, but that to me, I'll feel very successful once that business can, can run without me. And another couple of things to consider is like for the media captain, when we talk about the, the fifth item here, which is success. Um, I mean, if, if, if my payroll exceeded that of like what we're doing in in billing like obviously at that point we're losing money and there comes a point where when you start losing money you just don't have a business for Durham Warehouse like we monitor our Google ads our Google shopping our Bing ads our Bing shopping like a hawk and if we're below a certain return on ad spend 
that is where um, it would not be successful. So I think for a lot of businesses, like you might have the idea, you might do the execution, but you also just have to cut the cord at a certain point. Like if you're continuing to lose money and you don't see a way out of it. And, and I guess it's tough because you're probably very subjective when you're in the business. Like if you're losing money where you're going to be optimistic, where you're like, I can turn this around. But with both of our businesses, with the media captain, with Durham Warehouse, like we are very conscious of just overall uh, profit and making sure that like, you know, yeah, you want to run the business without you there, but you also... And that that doesn't mean that you're always going to be making money. It doesn't mean that you're always going to be profitable. It doesn't mean you're not going to have bad months where you're losing money or that things happen. But at a certain point, you know, you do have to know when it's time to walk away if that time comes. So um, hopefully that doesn't happen and hopefully there's, there's a way around it. Uh, but, you know, obviously you don't want to just always be losing money. Yeah, and, and so another couple of, of businesses that have been started by us that, that we'll just hit on, uh, one is Park Perfection, and that's the private label brand. It's our it's our own line. It's not private label. It's, um, it's our own product that we developed. So that came about just really from Durham Warehouse. The idea of that happened when we were trying to get on Amazon for Durham Warehouse, and we saw that being a reseller for other brands on Amazon was just not going to really do well for us. Um, and it started with Amazon, but then we really just knew that we needed to diversify. We rely on the brands that we work with so much. And if something happened and if every brand decided that they didn't want to, you know, sell to us anymore, we wouldn't have a business anymore. Well, so we wanted something that we could fully control. And there's so many, like on the agency side, there's so many businesses now that are going direct to consumer yeah. where we just knew that we had to diversify. So like you said, that didn't happen. But also, I mean, like we've built over, uh, we, we have a database of 100,000 customers now. So in the back of our mind, we're like, how can we leverage those customers to, you know, and, and, and one of the ways to leverage it was by doing our own um our own line. And it's pretty cool. Like Park Perfection Instant Eye Lift has become a top four selling product on Durham Warehouse in the last 30 days and in the last 90 days. So that's just, that's really cool. And what was, talk about the tactic, the most important tactic, because it's nothing to do with digital advertising. Like how has it become a top five product on Durham Warehouse's site? We send samples of the product to every single customer that we have. And, you know, we, we really promote that product. It's, it's an amazing product, so I'm not surprised that it's it's very popular. But just being able to get it in the hands of all of our customers was, was the most important thing. Because once they tried it, they wanted to purchase it and then they keep coming back for it. Yeah. And so, and just, we've mentioned this in, in other episodes. And if you go back, we recorded a podcast on like creating a brand from scratch and we talk all about Durham Warehouse, but I found it very interesting that to like, you know, we, uh, just talk about the costs associated with creating this from scratch, just because I, you know, that, that to me was super interesting. Yeah. We also, we didn't really know what the cost was going to be of developing our own product. We didn't know that much about it before we got into it. Um, but with everything, like the the samples and having the actual product made and paying for like the first run of these, we got around a thousand products. So that's the product itself, the bottles, the boxes, the samples. It costs us around $25,000 for that first run. Yeah. So. And, and another like business venture that we've started together, it's called Entrepreneurs of Columbus. It's pretty simple. It's just where we're, uh, we created a website and we're interviewing different uh, entrepreneurs around Columbus. We go out, we do a photo shoot with them. We feature them. We felt like in the Columbus market, there was just like a lack of, 
these great business stories of how these entrepreneurs started their company. We've been doing that over a year, like limited resources in that. Um, so and in, in, in right now we're just focusing a little bit more by we just don't have the time to, to run that. So we've hired someone to just help out with that on kind of a part time basis for that. Like we're not even thinking about anything profit related, like we're just trying to build a community. Um, and so that's something else where, again, because of starting Media Captain, having cash flow, we're able to invest in these other things. And unlike a lot of other people who might want to be profitable right away, that's not in the back of our mind for these other companies because we know it's like a longer term game. Um, We're in it for the long haul. In it for the long haul. And so another thing is that, you know, to grow these businesses, like you have the idea, you have the execution. A couple of key things was search engine optimization, investing in SEO and getting found on Google. It's this a, is more for the media captain. Yeah, I mean, for, for both. For, for both. There, there's the SEO, there's paid advertisements. I mean, there's customer acquisition. So you have to be budgeting. I mean, Durham Warehouse now is spending over $50,000 a month on paid advertising. Uh, the media captain spending several thousand dollars. Uh, and so you need to have that strategy. Um, we talk about uh, tapping into existing customers for like a referral program, about hiring. So there's just like all of these things throughout the journey that you need to be conscious of because customer acquisition costs money. Um, but at the core of it, like- And for, for Drum Warehouse, one other thing is just the technology that we use and the software that we use to help us with everything we do from like shipping to order fulfillment to uh, inventory management to customer service that, you know, having software like that in place just makes life so much easier and it makes us able to do what we're doing. So that's something to think about also. Yeah, and so we um, we move very fast, but it's always good to just like sit on something. And I think we've both learned this, like sometimes sit on something for a couple of weeks, other opportunities might come up. You might realize it's not the best idea. We've had plenty of ideas that just, you know, we got super excited about. I, I remember- Jason usually calls me about once a week and he's like, I had a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there was that one where what I wanted to create, I wanted to do like a conference of like all yeah. of these. And I actually still think that's a good idea, but if not for COVID. Yeah. And there was another one where like I was obsessed with like search terms on Google ads and I was thinking of creating like a really cool yeah. report and being able to sell that. Well, Google ads came out and said that like, they're limiting the search term. So I'm like, well, it's good I didn't go down that rabbit hole. So I should start writing down all the ideas in like a journal that Jason calls me and tells me about so we can reminisce about them later. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do now, I mean, like what I want to do now is I feel like, I feel like we've really, like, I just have enough to focus on now, which is good. Agreed. Like I feel, I feel good with the media captain and Durham Warehouse and Park Perfection, um, where I can have that focus and not be feeling forced to like try and start something else, which just helps me from a focus perspective. And you can't, you can't spread yourself too thin. Like it's always fun to start new things and it's exciting to start new things, but you have to have the time and attention to put into the things that you're, that you're already working on. Yep. So there you go. Episode 50, turning ideas into reality. Hopefully you got a lot out of this and uh, we will be back for 51. See you next time.